record. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Made in New England interview series, where we talk with New England-based companies and the people who lead them. I'm your host, Steve DeVries, and today I'm joined by Chaz Sullivan, founder, owner, president of Radmoto, located in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Chaz, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, uh, Chaz, we just uh, got acquainted a little bit. You have a really uh, cool business model. Maybe you could take a, a minute or two and, and tell us about your background and Radmoto's story to this point. Absolutely. So I moved back to New Hampshire about one year ago, and I've been traveling overseas for, I've been overseas in California tech for about 10 years. And when I came back here, I just, I looked around and started talking to people in coffee shops and asked what they love about New England. And everyone in New England was saying that they love being outside the beaches, the nature, and just uh, getting outside for fun in the summer and the winter. And one thing I noticed is that the electric vehicle adoption is very behind in New England compared to California, compared to Germany, compared to uh, Asia. And so what I wanted to do is help bring that adoption to New England and just remove all the barriers to entry for people getting on to fun electric vehicles. And so I'm looking at that. Uh, we, we at Radmoto focus on the electric vehicle space within micro mobility. So think around 10 miles or so and everything from electric kick scooters up to motorcycles and a little fun snippet about Radmoto because the idea was born in Germany Rad or rod means bicycle and motorrad means motorcycle. And then rad, when you're in the beach, I was like, oh, that thing's rad. So that's how we came up with the name of rad moto. And we, uh, we, we now do rentals, sales, service, performance mods. We mod a lot of these bikes to, to make them any way that you want them. And then we also do some product design, making outdoor chargers and other fun stuff. So really we we focus we focus on how can we serve your needs in the electric vehicle space, whether it's your first one, whether you're wanting to go faster, whether you just want to try something. We're just here to service our clients and build our build our products and services around your needs. Chads, I love that. So you from a business perspective, you've seen uh, an opportunity here in New England, right? And I would agree with you that the electric vehicle adoption has definitely been slower than in other parts of the country or the world. So you're about a year into your business, so you're, you're going into year two is, is what you told me. What's driven your success to this point? So year one sounds like was a success. So what's what do you think uh, you can attribute that to? At the core of it, I'd say focusing on a mission and purpose greater than myself we distill it down in our in our branding to having fun on electric vehicles and all that. But it's really about looking at building a more sustainable future and what can we do for our planet. And sustainability is a word that's been misshaped into all sorts of different angles. I mean, it could be your business is sustainable, that it survives, or you look at sustainability in the aspect of our planet. Our planet's going to long outlive humans and it's not an issue of will our planet survive. It's a question of will the planet survive in a way that can sustain human life. And so I've chosen the segment of the uh, mobility space and helping transition away from ICE or internal combustion engines over to electric vehicles is the area that I can tackle. And then one other aspect is that 
We live in a take, make, waste society where we take raw resources, we make our widgets, and then we throw it away. And that's just not a, a you don't, if you look in the rainforest, the rainforest doesn't have a landfill. So embracing the circular economy where you, uh, one thing dies, it becomes a food source for something else. So uh, the whole business was born around what happens at the end of life with your products. And we want to keep those indefinitely in a cycle. So it's called the circular economy. And then the last, and then the last piece is that intersection between helping people meet their needs and then harnessing your own or my own unique superpowers. And it can be really difficult to find that perfect intersection. And when you do, it just is this renewable energy source inside of you that allows you to burn the midnight oil and push beyond anything that you thought you were capable of. Wow. So you really are mission driven. And I understand completely how that's that's driven your success. So let's talk a little bit about the business itself. All right. So you're a year in your small local business and you're picking up some momentum. So as you look at your business and, and we're getting you, you were telling me that we're getting into the spring season and you're trying to get ahead in terms of inventory and so forth. So when you look at your business, things like key metrics, is there anything that you can point to that you use to understand whether or not you're in a good position to make year two a success? This might sound strange, but the one I look at the most is lost sales. Why did we lose the sale? Why were we not able to satisfy our customer? Why did they not buy a bike from us? Why did they not rent from us? Why did they not get a product from us? And we often look at all of our wins and we look at the metrics, our margins and what growth rates. But the thing I look at the most is why were we not able to serve a customer? And is that a customer that we want to be able to serve in the future? Do we not have the right product? Do we not have the right price point? Uh, why were we not able to serve them? So I look the most at lost sales. And I think we learn a lot more through failure than success. And so I constantly look at why why were, why do we have to turn a customer away and, and not be able to help them? So that's a great lesson. And I haven't actually heard anybody talk about that in a really long time, understanding what's happening in that sales cycle. So how do you get people to tell you why they're not buying? There's a, there's a few things. It's one is all these conversations that we have with customers, it's all about, we create a solution around their needs. And so I'm always asking them, well, how far are you looking to go? How fast? What, what's, is this your first electric vehicle? What, what is, uh, what brought you in? Like, why, why did you pick up the phone and call us and take that, take that action? How can we, how can we help you? And I find that people are pretty open about sharing their needs and their opinions. And a lot of times you just, as a business owner, have to ask them. And often, uh, I feel like often we start with a, we come up with some sort of a solution and try to sell it as opposed to find out someone's needs and then figure out solutions around those needs. And all, oftentimes I find that if I put out a, a label or a price point that uh, that is incorrect, people will often saw, uh, fix that. They'll say, no, 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 that's way off. And they'll correct you when you put out a wrong number. So I often get feedback because someone will say that, ah, oh, this actually isn't in my budget or, oh, you know, I wanted to be able to go a little bit faster. And I find that people are very happy to share their opinions 
especially uh, when you're not able to satisfy them. And hopefully they're just not doing that in your Google reviews. They're doing that in person. And in the future, you can call them back up and say, hey, you gave me some feedback and we took it to heart and we shaped our business and we launched a new line based on what your needs were. And people are happy to continue the conversation because they know that we shaped our offerings around their needs. Imagine that, asking the customer what they want instead of pushing your existing solutions onto them. What a... It seems so simple, yet so many of us forget about that in the business world. So uh, kudos to you for listening to the customer and taking it to heart. So as again, you're in year two. So as you look out you know, into the future and you start thinking about what Radmoto is going to look like, what excites you about that? The adoption of electric vehicles in the future and then in all of their shapes and forms. So a lot of people don't know this, but electric cars were one of the first forms of uh, first forms of automobiles. And then it, the patents were bought out by the petroleum industry. But I constantly am seeing the electric vehicle space rapidly change. You're seeing all these mashups between bicycle and motorcycle and skateboards. And you're seeing these electric vehicles applied in so many different forms of mobility and because you don't need uh you don't need certain maintenance on them like an internal combustion engine you're you're seeing all these different shapes and forms and then the most exciting thing is that these electric vehicles keep getting faster more reliable and cheaper all at the same time because of the demand for it so now that the demand's there for for the technology there's more and more innovation happening in the space. And the biggest one is the battery technology. A lot of times it can be half, half the price of the vehicle. And as that price point plummets and the range increases or the amp hours increases, there'll be more and more solutions that are viable for people's needs. So I'm most excited about the price point coming down and the performance going up. So on the flip side then, what concerns you about your business or the industry? The demand for cheap disposable goods. We, uh, this is more of a US, uh, uh, more of a US aspect of wanting something as cheap and quick as possible that's oftentimes disposable. I mean, living in Germany for the last few years, Germans care a lot about the performance and how long something's going to last and the quality. So you see a lot of stuff that just is designed to last forever. Now, when I'm servicing all these vehicles, whether it's uh, these Chinese gas bikes, where I work on the, the internal combustion engine stuff too, a lot of it's designed so it's just can be uh, thrown away. So I'll see, I'll take apart a carburetor and I'll go to clean it, but it's just sealed. So that it's designed to be thrown away. So I'm concerned by the demands that the demands from consumers that want cheaper disposable products, which just fills our landfills and and creates bad product quality that's just going to be thrown away. That's my biggest concern. Okay, yeah, you know, I would imagine in Germany you don't see too many of the big box stores with that throwaway product mentality. Yeah. So this is the point in the in the interview where I start asking you about New England. What are the pros and cons for your business of, of being in New England? And I'd, I'd like to bring up one thing. I'm going to maybe answer your, your question a little bit, but you talked about your partnership with UNH. So I'd love for you to tell our listeners more about that. But 
In addition to that, are there other things about being in New England that are either pros or cons? Absolutely. So on the on the pro side, uh, one is the availability of people to have really great conversations here. There's a lot of quality people here that will have your back and give you real honest, valuable uh, opinions and feedback. And I find it's a lot, uh, New England in general, people are more accessible. I've lived in San Francisco and Los Angeles, and you have a lot of smart people, but it's such a transient environment that a lot of times you build these connections and they'll take off or it's really difficult to access people. We've had we've had the the mayor down here, the city manager. We've had uh, UNH professors come visit, and we we I went to UNH for undergrad in mechanical engineering and a business minor, and it's so nice plugging back into UNH and the massive amounts of talent and uh, engineering and business and all different fields, and how easily it is to actually access that those expertise. And so I'd say also being in New Hampshire, the income and sales tax is a massive pro. Uh, starting a business here was, uh, there's a lot of resources around. Um, financially, not as much as a California, but as far as being able to like the, uh, um, the resources of land, trying to find a space to start your business. There's a lot more land here than you might see in a, a city such as, uh, I don't know, New York City. And then I would say on the uh, on the con side, at least for my, my business, the seasonality, uh, every season brings different adventures here in New England. And typically in the electric vehicle micromobility space, a lot of it's on two wheels. And in the winter, it's just, it's too cold, it's icy, it's dangerous. And then I'd say it's a pro, one thing that's a pro and a con is the late adoption of technology in New England. If you look at, a lot of times you see California gets stuff really early or New York City gets stuff really early. And so a pro is that if you travel and you go visit those areas, you live in those, live in those other areas, you can kind of see what's coming. So you can kind of have a view into the future. And then here, if you just, if you take the bold leap to bring it here, then you can be at the forefront of a, of a new wave. And so here with electric vehicles, I mean, in Germany and visiting Switzerland all the time and just seeing what, what's happening, I came here and I know, I have the confidence that this technology will continue to increase, but you can get out in front of it. So I'd say that is a pro and a con. And then uh, a massive uh, con of being at least in New Hampshire compared to the rest of New England is that New Hampshire is often labeled as the donut hole of sustainability. It's behind, if you look at what uh, Massachusetts is doing in Vermont and Maine, New Hampshire's behind on sustainability. I mean, uh, my family lives out around Manchester and and there's still there still isn't recycling. It's just all trash. And living in a place like Germany, you separate your glass from your plastic, from your paper, from your, uh, they call it restmüll, where like the rest of your trash. So our normal trash was this big per week because everything else was being recycled. So I'd say that's the major pros and cons that I've noticed around uh, New England, specifically New Hampshire. Well, maybe uh, as Radmoto grows and develops, you'll be able to move that needle forward for us. So. I hope so. Last question uh, for you, Chaz. So 
any advice for, let's say, budding business leaders, right? People who want to start their business either here in New Hampshire or, or in New England, uh, young entrepreneurs, right? I would, I would consider you in that category. What advice would you have Thank for you. those folks? <laughs> so uh, I think it, uh, a few things. One is it depends on where they're at in their stage. If they're thinking about starting it, but haven't actually taken the leap yet, I'd say the very first thing is pre-type it. This is before prototyping. A, uh, a prototype a lot of times can take thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Let's say if you're building a car, it could be millions. Um, but prototype is just a really inexpensive way to test it. So create a website with a fake door and just see, are people clicking on it? Are people searching for it? Are people trying to go to the cart and buy it even though it doesn't exist yet? So a prototype is just something it could be a piece of paper that you put on a door, a sign for a potential business that you're thinking of creating and see how many people try to open that door and go in or make a label. I had a, a few UNH students here uh, the other day and they were asking for some advice on starting their business and they wanted to create a product. And I said, well, can you get a can or a product that looks similar and just print out your old label and put it over it? That literally costs you a piece of paper before mixing your product and all that. So a prototype is what can you do that takes less than a week and for under $1,000 and just try it and just see what the feedback is from uh, from prospective customers. I mean, if you're going to make a new beverage, put your label on it and just put it on a table and see what people do. That costs you almost nothing before you go through the production run of buying the aluminum and mixing your beverage and, and so on and so forth. So I'd say prototype it. And then the other aspect is uh, human-centered design, just really designing it around the customer, thinking about all, all of their needs and needs and desires, what motivates them, what's their budget, what's their what's their typical lifestyle. I mean, you, you hear it as target, target demographics and personas. And then the last piece I would say is that the later in life, it doesn't get easier to start something. We always are saying, oh, we don't have enough. Uh, we, I don't have enough knowledge. Oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, I don't have enough time. There's always these excuses and you just have to start. You're, go you're going to fail. You're going to have hard lessons learned, but there'll be some of the most rewarding aspects of life is this constant, this, uh, Ray Dalio calls it the failure loop where you set a big, uh, a BHAG or a big, hairy, audacious goal, and then you fail, you learn, and then you accomplish, and then you go after the next one. So I think it's just really important to just start and think about the cheapest, fastest way to test your idea or your concept, get it out there, and start collecting that feedback. You're going to hear a lot of no's. You're going to see a lot of failure, but just learn from that. Chaz Sullivan of Radmoto USA. Amazing. Uh knowledge sharing and a really cool story that's yet to be fully written. So wishing you the best of luck and we appreciate you joining us on the show today. Thank you so much. Appreciate right. being here. And thanks everybody for listening to Made in New England. We'll be back soon with the next episode. Have a good one.